Hey everyone, welcome back to the V1 Church Podcast. Thanks for hitting play and making an investment in your life. You're getting ready to learn God's Word. As a matter of fact, many Christians are asking, Pastor Mike, as the world is just going through so much chaos, what is Jesus' way? Well, I'm going to teach exactly that. Go ahead, get ready to take notes and stick around all the way to the end because I have a very special message just for you. Hey, V1 Church, welcome to service today. This is your lead pastor, Mike Signorelli. I want to sincerely welcome you. Come on, drop a comment. Let me know where you're watching from. I love seeing all of the locations represented as we are one church in a thousand locations nowadays. Come on. Actually, if this is your first or second time watching, I want to welcome you. I sincerely want to thank you for taking a chance on our church. All these wild people in the comments dropping double hand emojis and fireball emojis and going crazy. Um, are some of the most loving people you're, uh, you'll ever meet, and we want to get to know you. As a matter of fact, we're going to read John chapter 14, and God's got an encouraging word for you today. But before we read that, I want to take a few moments and just brag on you. Yes, you, the people of V1 Church. You know, this last week, I broadcasted for over five hours having crucial conversations about race, very uncomfortable conversations. And do you know that you all showed up in such large numbers? You were taking notes, listening, learning, engaging, quoting. It was amazing. As a matter of fact, I had numerous pastors reach out to me and they said, hey, I got a question for you. How do you get that kind of culture? What did you do? And I said, oh, you don't want to know. And they said, no, seriously, mentor us, teach us. We want to know. And I said, no, listen, you really don't want to know. And they're like, Pastor Mike, tell us. We want to know. And I said, okay, I'm going to tell you. It's very simple, but very difficult. And I said, here's what it is. Opinions are the high price toll on the road to unity. And if you can get a group of people to pay that toll of their opinion, you can ride the road to unity. And what I love about all of you, and I want to celebrate you, is you're paying that toll of your opinion to come with humility as, the, as you have the posture of a student, of a learner. And you're not just listening to wait to respond. You're listening to understand. You're listening to learn. And ultimately, you're listening to change. So I want to thank you for that. You all are amazing. Why don't you give yourself some hand clap emojis all through that? And yes, I am sweating. I got my Pentecostal handkerchief. It's going to be like that today. I'm going to read to you out of John chapter 14, verses 5 through 15, because I heard this text reverberating in my spirit this week. You know, there was actually this depiction, it was caught on video, of three generations of black men here in America. And one guy, the older guy, he's saying, man, you know what? I'm fed up. I'm tired. I'm ready to riot. I don't even care anymore. And then you have this guy in his 30s, and he, he's sort of trying to communicate and say, but we've tried that. We've done that. We've rioted and what's that going to do? And then he turns to a teenager. Many of you have seen this and it's been shared and shared and shared. It's accumulated millions of views in a short period of time because it resonated. He said, he turns to this teenager, you've got to find another way. We can't find the way. We didn't figure it out, but you have to find. And he's crying. And as he was speaking, see this book, this isn't a book, it breathes. It's the Word of God. And I heard Jesus responding and I heard John chapter 14, verse five through 15. So I wanna read that to you. 
And I want you to just listen to the reading of this scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to give you revelation and impartation in this moment. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. For now on, you do know him because you've seen him. He's talking about spiritual authority. He's saying this. He's saying, God sent me. And and now guess what? There's a part two. So listen, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? And then verse 11 says this, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. Now, verses 12, 13, and 14 have of utmost importance for your life in 2020 because he's talking about you. So listen, God sends Jesus, but then Jesus says there's part two. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. So I'm going to the Father. He was prophetically speaking. He's saying, I'm not going to be here physically on earth forever. And so if you want to learn the Jesus way, you have to believe on me and then you'll do my way and you'll do greater works than I've done. I want to ask you a question today. Who is Jesus? You know, I can tell you he wasn't white like me. He was a brown-skinned, Middle Eastern Jew born to a working-class family. He never owned a home. He never got a college degree. But Jesus was God's level of listening. Come on, write that down in your notes right now. Jesus was God's level of listening. Let me explain. Jesus was born in a part of the world that touches Africa and touches Asia and touches Europe. And he wasn't a white man like me. So you can't ever say, and you should never say that this is a white man's religion. It's the world's religion because Jesus belonged to the world. Compassion without action is only observation. And Jesus is God's response to what he observed. He said, I see the complexities of your problems as they're compounding on top of each other, societally, pathological, viral. It's like on every level you are increasing in the complexities of your problem. And I hear you and I see you. And God refused to observe. He stepped into our world and he took action against sin. And compassion without action is observation. But Jesus is God's level of listening. Do you hear me today? He was saying, I heard your cry. Now listen, there's a ton of implications for you. God refused to observe. He stepped into our world and he took action. You know, there's many people who say, Pastor Mike, I know you teach the Bible, but you know what? Modern problems require modern solutions. I say to that, this word is forever. 
And this word was good thousands of years ago and it's still good today. As a matter of fact, if I could tell you about the complexities that Jesus was born into, you would see that it's much more relatable than you can ever imagine. I wanna just explain to you a little bit more about who Jesus was as we're learning Jesus's way. You know, the title of this sermon today is We Journey Like Jesus. And, and I want to take you on a journey into the complexities of his life. He lived as a Jew under Roman occupation. So Rome was the governance and it was the military political force that was dominating the day. There was racial and cultural tension between Jews and between Roman occupiers. They actually, the, the Romans uh, that would be in the midst of the Jews had authority and power and they regularly and re routinely abused their power. And so Jews would be subjugated and would have experienced the abuse of authority and power by Roman occupation. There was also classism. And so in other words, there were broken social systems. There were people within the Jewish community that Jesus was a part of that would be struggling financially. The Bible gives an account that one woman gave two mites in the offering and that was all she had. And yet others had much. There were Jewish tax collectors who betrayed their own people. They worked in collaboration with the Roman occupation and they took advantage of their own people. And they were hated by both sides. They were hated by the Jews, their own people, and they were also hated by Rome, but they were used by Rome. Then you had another layer of swindling that would happen in the temple. And so as a Jew, you were required as a part of your religious observation to go to the temple. And a part of the old covenant practices would be uh, these sacrificial elements and these things that you must purchase. But you have Roman money, but then you have this internal system, this internal economy of Jewish money, and you had swindlers in the temple that would actually scalp you on the conversion rate. And so you had another layer of people taking advantage. Then on top of that, you have a group called the Samaritans. The Samaritans are sort of like those people that have their food and their communities and their neighborhoods. And we don't really talk to them. And we kind of like state ourselves like it's not really okay to talk to the Samaritans. And then you had leprosy. Leprosy was running rampant. There was no cure for leprosy, but their solution to abate the problem was social distancing. If you were a leper, you had to stand outside of the courts or the gates of the city. And so social distancing was applied to a disease that they had no solution for. 2,000 years later, come on, do you hear me? So in the midst of the complexities that Jesus was, was sent to, he represented God's level of listening. I heard your cry. I heard what you're saying. And I'm answering with Jesus. 2,000 years later, we have our own complexities. Let me speak to some of them. No, we don't, we don't see leprosy like they did, but we are suffering from COVID-19. We don't have a solution just like they didn't have a solution, but we attempt to abate it with what? Social distancing. Meanwhile, while this global pandemic is on a, on, on a viral level, path, you know, the, the pathology is happening, we also have another problem. What is it? These large-scale protests that erupt in response to yet another senseless murder of a black 
brother or sister in this nation. And, and I say brother and sister because we're, it's more than just George Floyd. That is the, the most recent, and yet there's more. And you guys see the names, and we're breaking the silence to say their names. But the reality is we're dealing with the complexity of, wait a second, large-scale protests that are happening at the same time as a global pandemic that we're supposed to socially distance. And then you compound that with this rioting and looting that happens, Antifa, provocateurs, people taking advantage of the situation and infiltrating the riots in these communities that they may or may not even live in. And it's like... This is the kind of situation that lends itself to division. And this is the kind of situation that has so much complexity that no one preacher or pastor or politician or parent can ever give one answer in 25 minutes and satiate all of people's need for answers. And so in the midst of all of this, we're saying, like that video that went viral, we've got to find another way. I've got three points for you that I want to give you before I close. Number one is this. Jesus said, I am the way. So you can write it down in your notes like this. When you meet the person, you have the full plan. When you meet the person, you have the full plan. Why do I say full plan? Well, Jesus had disciples and they thought, we, I know what we need to do. We need to have Jesus as our political leader and he'll overthrow Rome. And all this, this abuse of authority and power that we're subjugated to and that we're experiencing, he will eradicate it. And Jesus said, hey, I, gotta, I, I don't have a political plan, but I have an eternal one. And right now, although, yes, we need so much reformation and change in the laws of our land, and, and we're fighting the good fight for that, can I just tell you, we also should never hide our cross underneath the flag of the United States. And, and, and in other words, let me remind you that we are Christians first and eternally, and we're Americans second and temporarily. Do you hear me? And so when you meet the person, you have the full plan. Another way of saying saying this is even after laws are changed or abolished, the culture is the same because the human heart needs to be reformed. And we know this. Number two is this, where there are fathers, there, are, there is no failure. Where there is true fathers, there is no failure. Let me explain. The disciples asked Jesus. We're learning the Jesus way. We're journeying like Jesus. And, and, and God show us how we ought to pray. And he said, pray like this, our father. Why? Because if you have a true father, you do not have failure. Let me explain that. You know, I have two daughters and I've been journeying as a father for 13 years and it's a journey. I don't just show up in their life once a week. I show up every day of the week. I can't be perfect, but I must be present. And that's of utmost importance because 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Do you know that there's a lot of fear right now? I have a lot of leaders in business, a lot of leaders in the church realm that have reached out to me and said, Pastor Mike, this is the most afraid I've ever been to preach in my whole life this week. What if I don't say enough? What if I don't say the right thing? What if I don't say it to the degree that I should say it? What if I don't mention it at all? What if I emphasize the wrong thing in its disproportion? I said, stop, stop. 
You are not a speechwriter. You are a spiritual father. And you cannot say it all or say it the right way, but you can keep showing up every single day. And 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, there is no fear in love. And so right now, I'm not agonizing over this sermon. Did I say everything right? Did I offend somebody? Am I going to keep the church together? Are people going to leave? I'm not, I'm not afraid right now because I'm not a speech writer. I'm a spiritual father and I can't get it right. I'm trying to be led by the Holy Spirit to lead our church in this season. But you guys give me grace because you say, you know what? That's dad. He's just going to keep on preaching and keep on loving us. He's been doing it for the last three and a half years and he's going to keep doing it. And listen, if you're here and you're paralyzed by fear and you're hearing my voice and you're saying, yeah, Pastor Mike, if I don't say anything, that's saying something. And if I say something, maybe I'm saying too much or the wrong thing or not saying it the right way. Can I just alleviate your fears? There is no fear in perfect love, but perfect love drives out fear. And we have another kind of love in our midst. We're a spiritual family. And where there are fathers, there is no true failure. We have a spiritual father. We have our father in heaven. And he's saying, hey, you're all children. You're united. I didn't ever expect you would be perfect. As a matter of fact, here at V1 Church, there's no perfect people allowed. That's how I got in. Number three is this. We love because we were first loved. Write that down in your notes. We love because we, are, we were first loved. This is the Jesus way. This is how we journey like Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 10 through 13 says this, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, are you one of those believers today? Listen what it says. He gave the right to become children of God who were born. Now listen, this is so important. Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. So they weren't born like my daughters were born. My daughters were born by the will of the flesh into my family. They have my DNA. They look like me. It says it's not like that. They were born of God. They were adopted. You know, as I close this sermon, I want to close with a phrase, it was a statement by Billy Graham. He said, the closer the people of all races get to Christ and to his cross, the closer they will get to one another. I have a friend who actually adopted a daughter. And I asked him one time, I said, can you help explain to me um, the significance of adoption because the Bible talks about us being adopted into a spiritual family and it seems as if that would be less than um, being physically born into a family. You know, I have two daughters of my own and you have an adopted daughter so explain to me why the Bible would actually elevate adoption to the level it does because I, I don't understand why it's such a powerful image and he said something I'll never forget. He said when you and your wife had your daughter you had to take care of her. But when I showed up to the orphanage, I'll never forget. I could have walked away. She didn't look like me. I didn't make the decision for her to be born. But she was an image bearer of God. And I said, I choose you. I decided to give you my name. I decided you to bring you into my family. You're a choice. 
And see, I, I think the world desperately needs to hear that you are a choice by Jesus and we love other people because we were first loved. I choose to be in relationship with my black brothers and sisters, my brown brothers and sisters, my white brothers and sisters. I can choose them because they're image bearers of God. And because God chose me and adopted me, I know how to choose other people. And the world needs to hear this message today. The closer the people of all races get to Christ and his cross, the closer we will get to one another. Why? Because it's at that cross that we see our own sin, our own, our own need for salvation. It's at that cross that we see, man, the systems that I'm trying to change are systems of prejudice and racism that exist inside of me. The systems that I'm railing against and the cancel culture and the call out culture, the cross demands that our sin be canceled and that, and that we be called out for the thing that we're doing against God. And it's at that place that we find the plan of God. I don't know that I preach this perfectly, but again, I'm going to show up next week and I'm going to give you another part of it because, and I'm going to end it like this. And we're going to hear from a prophetic voice from our church. We journey like Jesus. And maybe this was the best sermon you ever heard in your life. Maybe it wasn't. But I'm not actually going to relegate the entirety of my love to one presentation. I'm going to show up on Monday and love like it was Sunday. I'm going to show up on Tuesday and love like it was Sunday. I'm going to show up on Wednesday and love like it was Sunday because we're a spiritual family. And I choose you. And you choose me because we know what it's like to be adopted and chosen by him. And that's why we break the silence. That's why we're fighting this fight. That's why we're, that's why we are the answer. And I waited the whole sermon to tell you this, and I'm going to pray it out and hand it over to Randall for a few moments. The thing I waited the whole sermon to tell you is in John chapter 14, Jesus says, hey, God's solution to the complexity of this scenario was Jesus, it was me, but I'm going to my Father. And then those who believe in me, the ones who are adopted into this family, are gonna be the solution to the problems and the complexities that they face. And so in a very real way, God knew that you were born for such a time as this. And you're not a mistake. You're not an animal just because they told you you were one. You are an image bearer of God and your life has divine purpose. And as you come together with the saints, the manifold wisdom of God is released. Let me pray now. Father, I thank you for the word that was released today. Lord, I thank you that we are the answer and we will journey like Jesus one step at a time. Not any one conference or social media post is gonna do it but a journey is going to do it. And we are going to devote our life to journey like Jesus. We're going all the way. No turning back. I thank you for a church that is going to be a beacon of hope and a light in the darkness. And Father, systems of racism, prejudice, and division are going to crumble as we rise up and become the answer in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for taking a listen. I believe that God profoundly impacted your life. 
And I wanna let you know that we are here for you through these times. As a matter of fact, if you visit our website right now at www.v1.church, you can click around in there. There's a contact button where someone from our team will reach out to you. We wanna minister personally to you. And we wanna let you know we're here for you and we're standing with you. Hey, one last thing, if you haven't already, share this podcast with a friend. And as always, consider partnering financially with us by helping us reach so many people around the world with the message of Jesus Christ. And I'll see you next week.